So um, we're going to open um, the meeting. And Jeff, do you have a copy of the, I'm going to have to look it up because it's on the website, right? It is, but I have mine. Um, it's just open meeting, review minutes. I don't know if we have any. No, we don't have anything. Okay. And then we, then we move into Nia when you're ready for it. Okay. So um, Nia, if you want to start us off with our just lovely bad news with our yeah. very bad okay. news. Yes, that's me. Bear of bad news, unfortunately, yeah. today. Um, hold on one second. All right. Can everybody see the screen okay? Yep. Yes. All right. So um, thank you all for having me tonight. I'm here to give an update of the numbers and the situation currently in Swampscott and also in our area as well. All right. So here's the numbers. I, I, you know, as we talked about back in March of 2020, we had one confirmed case. And as of this morning, January 10th, 2022, we have had 2,341 lab confirmed cases, which means that we've had 541 cases since December 25th. We have had 198 cases in one week, which was December 25th through January 1st. And we've had 343 new cases mm. from January 1st through today. Again, these are lab confirmed cases. These do not account for any probable cases or any home tests because the home tests are not submitted um, to the state and are part of the statewide database. So these are just lab confirmed cases. And as you can see, the sheer volume of cases is astronomical. We have never had this number of cases in a week like we have had just in the last few weeks alone. So again, it's a huge surge over again, four, 541 new lab confirmed cases since December 25th, 198 new cases in just a week from December 25th to J January 1st, and then 343 new lab confirmed cases in a little over a week. Here's our um, chart that shows the cases. And I just wanted to show again, the cumulative number of cases, you know, for the week, um, it shows from the 19th through the 25th, we had 1800 cases. And then from December 26th through January 1st, we had 19 or 1,998 lab confirmed cases. This is a graph just to kind of chart where we have been. Um, and again, we started with the, sur the surge, kind of started with Delta variant back in the summer, late summer. And we were averaging about 30, you know, 20 to 30 cases a week. And then as you can see, the numbers increasing dramatically from November and then through December with again, the number, I have number 17. So the week of December 12th through December 18th, we had 58 new cases. Then December 19th through December 25th, we had 82 new cases. And then December 26th through January 1st, we had 198 new cases. Again, astronomically high numbers. Um, for the DPH's weekly COVID-19 public health reports, for the report date of December 30th, our incidence rate was 83.9. Again, one of the highest incidence rates we've had. And then last week, January 6th, our incidence rate was 173.6. Again, the highest number we have seen ever in this entire pandemic. And as you can see by um, the left in Essex County, we are not alone in having a very high incidence rate. Um, it is just, again, the numbers are, you know, mind boggling, but here we are. This is a, uh, the state's COVID interactive data dashboard as of January 7th. There were just, I wanted to highlight a couple of things. As of 
January 7th with data accurate as of January 6th, there were 26,187 new lab confirmed cases. Again, it's not counting any of the home tests. The percent positivity for the seven day average across the state was 23.02 as again, as of January 7th. As of tonight, January 10th, there have been 60,986 new lab confirmed cases with a seven day average percent positivity of 22.39. Again, I can't say this enough, but I'm it, it is shocking and it's just very concerning. Nia, can I ask a question? And sure. you can tell me if you're gonna uh, hit this later, but mm -hmm. I mean, is there a criteria that we have to meet for something to be different? Like are we just going to keep going up and up and up and we're just going to keep dealing with it or is there some cap that we're going to hit that that we're going to something's going to happen different um, as that's far a great as our question. reaction yeah i mean that's a great question and unfortunately i don't know the answer to that once they lifted the state of emergency back in may um all of the criteria that we would have used in order to possibly change thresholds or do different things um stopped so it is very challenging because the numbers are just beyond anything that any of us have ever seen and we've seen a lot so i don't know the answer to that question unfortunately but it is very concerning that you know just in comparison the seven day statewide average percent positivity back in august i think was less than a percent and here we are at 22.39 percent so again the numbers are just shocking and the CDC has a COVID data tracker um, for by county across the country. And as you can see in Massachusetts, we are in the red with high transmission and Essex County remains in the red with high transmission. And this is current as of um, January 8th. So when we met last um, at the end of December, you know, Delta variant, and then there was Omicron variant. The Delta variant has really kind of been pushed away as the dominant variant in the country and in Massachusetts. And it really has, um, Omicron has overtaken Delta variant as the predominant strain. So um, I just put the slide in again, just to show that, you know, how quickly it happened. So November 26th, the World Health Organization identified this new variant. By November 30th, the United States designated a variant of concern. And December 1st was the firm confirm, first confirmed case of this variant. And by our meeting um, in December, by December 20th, it was the predominant variant in the entire country and in Massachusetts. So it is highly transmissible. Um, and they're still looking at data to see if it does cause severe illness, but it, you know, it is showing that it is causing not only illness, but breakthrough illnesses, even in those who are fully vaccinated. So vaccines work to prevent serious illness, hospitalizations, and deaths, but it doesn't necessarily prevent breakthrough cases in those that are fully vaccinated. And they're still trying to determine um, treatments that work against Omicron, especially with the monoclonal antibodies. They are finding that um, some are less effective against Omicron variants. So it is really a conversation and kind of uh, to be determined which ones. I think there's one that does work against Omicron, but the other ones don't work as well. So it's just very interesting what they're learning about this variant. But again, vaccines remain the best public health measure to protect people from COVID, to slow transmission and reduce the likelihood of new variants emerging. Um, and again, it, it is very effective in preventing severe illness, hospitalizations and deaths. So the CDC recommends that everyone five years and older protect themselves by getting fully vaccinated. And now uh, the new change is that the CDC recommends everyone ages 16 and older get a booster shot after completing their primary COVID vaccination series. And you're, this is also new, you're eligible for a booster at five months after completing either the Pfizer Biotech primary series, six months after completing the Moderna primary series, and two months after the initial Johnson & Johnson vaccine. And individuals ages 16 to 17 are only eligible for Pfizer vaccine. 
And then the other thing with this is that masks offer protection against all variants and the CDC continues to recommend wearing masks in public indoor settings in areas of substantial or high community transmission, regardless of vaccination status. And again, we are in the red as a state and, as an, and in Essex County with very high transmission. In addition, there have been also changes since we last met. So in, in Massachusetts, there have been changes to the isolation and quarantine guidance for the public. And this became effective on December 29th. On December 27th, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention shortened the recommended time for isolation for individuals who tested positive for COVID and the quarantine for close contacts. And then this became effective in Massachusetts a few days later on December 29th. So the changes are, so if you test positive for COVID-19, you need to isolate. The new change is that you only have to stay home for five days. If you have no symptoms or your symptoms are resolving after five days, you can leave your house, but you must continue to wear a mask around others for five additional days. And if you have a fever, you need to stay home until your fever resolves. The why, do they, guidance, why, do they, why do they specifically say fever? Like, I, I feel like so many people keep coming at me saying, oh, I've got some things, but I don't have a fever. And it says right. you can't have a fever. It's like, but you can't have the other things also. So right. I don't understand why they point that part out. Yeah, I think it's because, well, actually, I don't know. I, I'm not clear on, you know, why they do this, a lot of these things, but we kind of point to if the, sim we say if the, the symptoms have to be significantly improved or completely resolved after those five days, and we count day zero as the date you test positive, and then they could come off of isolation on day six, but from day six through 10, they need to wear a mask at all times. Um, and, you know, I think fever is more just if you're symptomatic, you need to stay home and the fever part of it also should resolve because that can also indicate transmissibility so and then for quarantine this is also different and so if you have been boosted or you've completed your primary series within the last six months or completed your primary series of the johnson and johnson within the last two months you don't need to quarantine but you must wear a mask around others for 10 days and you should test on day five if possible if you develop symptoms you should get a test and stay home the difference is is that if you have completed your primary series, but it's been over six months and are not boosted, or you've completed the Johnson and Johnson vaccine over two months ago and are not boosted, or you're not vaccinated, you have to stay home for five days. After that, you have to continue to wear a mask on others for five additional days. Um, if you can't quarantine, you must wear a mask for 10 days. You should test on day five if possible. And then if you develop symptoms, you need to get a test and stay home. So this is different because it used to be if you were fully vaccinated and have no symptoms, you didn't need to quarantine. But now this is much different where you have to not only be fully vaccinated, but boosted in order to not quarantine and not have any symptoms. So Nia, kids yeah. who can't, who aren't eligible to be boosted. Basically 11 through 16. Well, if they're, if it's within the six months, so if they've received their primary dose and it's there, you know, it's within that six month window or five months for Pfizer, mm -hmm. um, they, they're considered, you know, fully vaccinated or completed their primary series, so they would not need to necessarily quarantine. It's the language is not ideal, but we look at it as if you are fully vaccinated and boosted, you don't need to quarantine, but you have to wear a mask and then test on day five. So if you're not boosted and it, you haven't, you know, it's been more than six months since your primary series or more than two months with Johnson and Johnson or you're unvaccinated or partially vaccinated, you do need to quarantine. So it's definitely right. different. But what if you're, what if you're, what if you're fully, you have, you know, you two vaccines, but you're too young for a booster. You're not if vaccinated. You, uh, well, if you, if you've gotten your two vaccines and it's less than six months or less than five months with Pfizer, so you're within that window, you wouldn't need to quarantine. Right. But what um, if you're over the six months? Yeah. I've just run into a lot of yeah. seventh graders 
you know, the kids who yes. are 11 to 12 who did get their vaccine the second they could yeah. in May and June, all those kids are yes. ineligible. <laughs> right. right. And so, and they yeah, are so, over their time frame. Right. Yeah. If it's been over six months or over five months, then they're not, and they're not boosted, then they would have to quarantine. Yeah. So it's is- wicked hard to tell parents. Yeah. Yeah. And this is, again, this is for the public because in yeah. addition to this, we have other updates. So different sectors have changed their guidance as well. So DPH updated the isolation and quarantine guidance for healthcare personnel, as, and that was effective on December 29th. DESE updated their protocols for COVID-19 on December 30th, and again, different protocols. And then EEC updated their recommendations for pro- uh, recommended protocols for licensed childcare programs on January 6th. So we have many different scenarios and options for uh, different individuals depending on where they work or where they go to school or if they're in if they are in childcare. So it's been a lot of changes in the last few days. And um so we just wanted to give you that update. Thank you. And then the last thing which I like to you know share is how can we protect ourselves? We can do the best we can, but again getting vaccinated is so important. Socially distancing, using masks in the community, hand hygiene, cleaning and disinfecting, ventilation, avoiding crowds. Um, are all ways that we can all work together and use this multiple layers to improve success in terms of trying to protect ourselves from COVID, but also from the Omicron variant, which is very, very infectious. Thank you all. Thank you, Nia. Is, is there really something called the Delta Cron at this point too, or not? I have heard of that. I don't know for sure because it's kind of very, very new, but it sounds like it's a combination of Delta and Omicron. Um, right. So I don't I don't know, I haven't looked into it enough to give an answer, but I have read about it a little bit. Thank you. Well, that just sounds like a, such a rosy picture. Hmm. <laughs> well, that the end of that, um, <laughs> end of that, I guess, uh, essay, um, <laughs> We, we did cover one of our next topics, which, which was um, a discussion regarding the issues with the new CDC guidance. And, and with that, I just want to bring light. I mean, I, you guys deal with it a little bit at the schools. Um, and just what, what Nia just said, just to do deal with the CDC, then, then the state, the state might make a little changes to that when they adopt this, the newest CDC stuff. Then you have the DESE stuff, which is slightly different from that. Then you have the EEC stuff, which is slightly different from everything else. Mm-hmm. It's it, it makes you mind blow. It's just well, and then and then we have all of our protocols on our school websites that are different from everything else. So, I mean, we can't we can't get away with anything right now. Like we say one thing that is not in print somewhere, and it's awful. <laughs> so we're struggling. Yeah, it's it's extremely difficult to follow. Um, <laughs> we wanted so bad just to, and we're working back to that with all these other things, but we wanted so bad just to set up our webpage just so, hey, we might not be able to answer your question right now, but you could probably get your answer right here. If you just read through this stuff, mm-hmm. you're, you know, you'll fall into one of these categories, but it's, it's changed so much. We have to keep going back and keep trying to, it's, it's very frustrating and, and Nia's going crazy trying to do it. Every, every public health nurse, every school nurse, everybody's, they just, you know, everybody's just like, okay, let's like, like Emily said, do we throw all back hands? <laughs> are we at that point we haven't been told we're at that point but it feels like we should be um yeah the cases are ridiculous um salem beverly everybody i mean they're big they're obviously they got triple s on a daily basis you know what i mean it's just it's just crazy 
Um, so that one, that was kind of, we we're going to work into that, but Mia covered it pretty good with, um, with what she was talking about. So um, just for our updated numbers, the board members on about this today, um, the good news is they, they added booster information onto these numbers. So uh, we now have an idea of a, a basic idea of per capita, how much, how we are percentage wise for boosters. And um, it looks like our five to 11 year olds are at least at 66% fully vaccinated. So that's, that's, that's pretty good for the schools. The, and the other, other main things to know are um, fully vaccinated residents, 87%. That hasn't changed in a couple of weeks. And with, with the new information, we went from 43% boosted as a town to 46% boosted as a town in, in one week's time. So well, they're getting out there. Um, also, um, we are having an employee vaccine booster vaccination clinic on the 13th. Um, we sent that off to the schools today to, to, to get sent out. I don't know if you guys, did you guys get that? Did they send it out? Okay. Yeah. Um, and we're gonna, tomorrow morning, I'm gonna give it to Allie to put out to the general population because we still have some um, openings. So I just want to make that note. Um, we had, we had, it's gonna be a Moderna booster clinic, but anybody over 18, you can mix and match if you get, if you're ready for a booster. So that doesn't really, that doesn't really matter too much. Um, <clears throat> moving into, and that's gonna be at the um, senior center. Moving into just some, some minor- hey, Jeff, can I just ask yep. one question? Yep. There, there are going to be some questions on um, a fourth booster, uh, you know, for the immunocompromised, which is, I think, now fairly well accepted. Um, so, Nia, you'll hear about that, I'm sure. That yes. Six, you know, six months post uh, vaccination, I think they're recommending Pfizer for the fourth dose for people with significant immunocompromised conditions. Yes, we have heard of that. And I think um, we're waiting for the standing orders to be updated for that as well. So um, we recommend people talk to their um, primary care providers and or specialists if they are eligible or interested in getting that, you know, fourth dose, because right now we're only able to offer the booster doses for those that meet the criteria based on our standing orders as that we have right now. All right, and uh, one other thing on COVID that I would like to mention, it just came out. The, um, the governor's office today announced a tool that gives residents a new way to access a COVID-19 digital vaccine card in vaccination history. It's, um, if, you, if you've gone into the state website in the COVID section, you would find it under My Vax Records, which allows people to receive their vaccination in Massachusetts, who received their vaccination in Massachusetts to access their own vaccination history and generate a COVID-19 digital vaccine card. I did mine myself today. Um, I forgot what I put in for my information early on, so I had to use a couple different tries. I kept rejecting me. But they just say, whatever email you thought you used, try that one. We'll just, you know, you can keep doing it until you find the right one. Um, and it was good. It, it even gave me my um, flu vaccination information from this year and last year. So it had good information on there. And it's something you can take a screenshot of. You go into, if you have to show it to anybody, or if you don't have, you know, if you just want to wreck it on you, it's a, it's a good way to do it, and it's nice organizing one thing. You don't have to carry it. I have three cards from my, from my three shots, so it's a pain in the butt for me. So was it instantaneous, thing. Jeff? What's that? Was it instantaneous, or did yep. it did they? Nope, nope. right there. Yep. So it's uh, pretty good. Um, let's see. I just want to make sure I have that. Yeah, you just put in a, a, a pin number, so you have your own pin number, so you can so it gives you yep. access once you go into the system. It pops right up after that. So I just wanted to make that known because that came out today. 
Um, and just other parts of my, um, the non-COVID part of my report. I just want to remind for all the people that are watching at home that um, we do have a mattress recycling program. You cannot throw out a mattress and not expect it to be picked up because it would need a, a green mattress sticker on it. And that green mattress sticker you can get at Town Hall. And uh, the $20, and it can encompass a mattress and a box spring, a set, or just a mattress alone. And um, we would give you two, two options when you sign up and for the sticker. We would mail that sticker out to you. And you would have um, basically the second Saturday of the month and the last Saturday of the month, a DPW will go around and pick up those mattresses. You know, you don't want to put them out too early because if rain gets on them and stuff like that, it'll ruin the recyclability of them. But um, it's been going since the end of November. And we've had a couple of picks up, pickups since then. And, and uh, we probably have about 40, 45 uh, mattresses that we picked up. We collect them down near the, uh, behind the cemetery in a, in a large uh, storage container. And we have a company that comes out periodically to empty that out. And every, I'd say about, I think they say about 80% of it can be fully recycled. So that's taking it out of a normal trash stream because normally they would put a bump sticker on it and we throw it right in the back of the trash truck. We're taking that out of the regular tracks, trash stream and get them, getting all this material recycled. So it's a positive and it's a positive. It, it lowers our tonnage and uh, takes it out of there and gets, gets it reused. And that's really what we're pushing for these days. Um, Nord Haven, it's coming, folks. It's coming soon. I know we keep saying this, but the restaurant uh, right on Humphrey Street there, across from Fisherman's Beach, um, they will be open very soon. They, uh, I think, probably by the end of the month. And a new place, which is in the old surf shop, which is across from Mission on the Bay, is called Pomona. Yep, and they are a section of the Antique Table Corporation. So uh, they will be, uh, we've just started doing um, inspections there, so they're going to be a little bit longer, but um, I would expect some point in February that they should be it's getting It's so cool inside. I love it. Peeping <laughs> <laughs> right. through the window. Yeah. And that's what I have for right now for my report. If anybody has any questions, I'll be happy to answer them. Um, just one thing back um, on COVID. Um, we've been talking at our emergency, well, we talked this morning at our emergency management meeting about um, providing PCR testing in town again, like we did, I don't know, it feels like 10 years ago, but last year. Um, I talked to Chief Archer a little earlier this evening, and um, it, it's hopeful that we'll be able to do it again. It's looking like we might be able to do that again, just because we know how difficult it is right now for people to get PCR testing anywhere. Uh, you try to get an appointment and it's like nearly impossible. Um, and even just trying to get home tests is nearly impossible. Um, I scored some at Walmart today. I try, just try to get them so I have them in hand. Um, I've given all my ones away. So I just like to have them on hand if I have them. So um, he, uh, I asked him if it was okay to just mention that this evening and he said yes. And um, so hopefully we'll have an answer on that very soon. And we'll probably set that up down at the, um, we, we call it the field house down at uh, Phillips Park uh, at the football field like we did last time. And um, there's just a lot of logistics to work out for it, but hopefully the sooner the better. And if we're able to do that, um, we'll get the word out as soon as we can. That way they will just give the town residents another option for, for testing. Um, Maria, who staffs that? What's that? Who staffs that? Who staffs that? Uh, Ambulance is who we used before. And I think that's who he's trying to work through. If they have, if they have the staff, hopefully. 
So. Marianne, how, how do we, I can't remember, how do we ensure that it was just um, residents before? Um, go to license, I think. I think it was staff. You could show okay. a, a, an yeah. ID for okay. a license, I think. Right, because teachers uh, were the only ones who could use it who weren't um, in town people and they had to have a teacher's ID. Gotcha. Yeah, which I bet we could do again, probably. Right, and um, we'll be using the um, American Recovery Act money there. Correct, yeah. So, so hopefully that will work out. We just, just something we could do. It's one small thing to be able to do. Yeah, it, and it's going into these stores. It's, it's it really is a crapshoot to see if they if they have them. My my mom went up to Target. And she scored one. She was like, "Oh my god, I can't believe you have." It's like hitting the jackpot, right? Yeah. I go on the Walmart website and um, occasionally you see it, and you can add it to your to your cart and um, pick a store, pick the store, and that's how you get it. So, but it's totally hit or miss. So, yeah, and, uh, okay. Um, Jeff, what's next? Um, just uh, other business that we didn't expect or anticipate that we might want to touch on. It's a quickie tonight. Okay. Do we have anything else? Jeff, um, do you happen to know, I know it's not under our, our um, purview anymore, but have they hired a new ACO? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's okay. been in there for a while. Okay. Um, I want to say his last name is Constantine, Scott Constantine. Okay. He's, he's worked in other areas around the areas. He's, he's familiar with the area. He's familiar with the job and he's a nice guy. I've met him a couple of times. Oh, great. Okay. And he's working through the police department now, correct? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. <laughs> Full-time. Yes. Yes. Excellent. I don't, I don't see how we could go back from. No. Not full-time. That's good. Um, one thing we should look at in, um, prior to summertime, maybe maybe in the April meeting, is to review our um, dogs on field um, regulation, just to make sure we still want that and, and whether we want to open up any of the parks and not do it, you know, just to take a review of it, because I know we that was over a year ago, right? Maybe two years? Yeah, it's all COVID years, hard to know. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I've been talking and I'm on mute. Yeah, definitely, like definitely two years. <laughs> yeah. We have not been talking about it at all since COVID, so. Yeah. Okay. Very good. All right, any other new business anyone have? I just had one question for the, the two nurses. Have you have you had much trouble with, with anybody at school resisting masks? No. The, the kids I mean, there's kids, there's kids all day long that you have to remind to pull their masks up, but there, right. we don't have anybody walking around without a mask and saying they refuse to wear one. None, not, that I, the, not that I'm aware of, at least. None, none of the parents ever object. I haven't had any problem with that. Good. You might get one or two who have some questions, but for the most part, yeah. And you know just what? so you know, the kids sorry. don't. The kids don't want to not wear them. Let's put it that way, regardless of what their parents say. The kids don't want to be that kid. Right. So. Good. What were you saying, Jeff? Okay. Um, just regarding the um, the recent mask mandate, we did get probably seven or eight calls or emails in yeah. like the first first eight or nine days of it. Um, I haven't really had many any sense. I, I I didn't get any at the end of last week to the, 
beginning of this week. So um, I'm hoping that the word is getting out. So there's less, so people are know when they walk in, walk up to a business, they have an idea now instead of it being a surprise. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, like, you're always going to get the people that are going to fight it. And you certainly don't want to have um, businesses getting arguments with people because that's, we, we know that that can get, get ugly. But I think it's just the fact that people see it, the people that know what to do and the people that weren't sure what to do, but now they know that they have to do it, they're going to do it. You're still going to have the people that don't. And we just have to deal with that. We're trying to um, work in as many people as possible and keep as many people safe. And um, hopefully that'll do that. And all the community, all the rest of the Rana communities are doing the same thing. Right. Um, I definitely finally got this uh, going. So uh, it's good. The people, now, if, if you don't want to go to any of these establishments because you have to wear a mask, you got a pretty far way to drive. Right. <laughs> um, Jeff, when we get a, an email, I've seen a couple of them when they say, you know, I went into such and such a place and the workers weren't masked or whatever. Do you follow up with that person? Do you respond to the email or do you follow up at all? I, I don't, well, it's according to how it comes in, but I generally uh, follow up with the establishment through a, through an email. Okay. And do you but, respond to the person's email? Cause I, I don't, because I figure you're going to. Um, it's according to what's, what information is in there. If it's just a vague one, probably not. But if it's really, if they really seem heated about it, then most likely okay. out of the, out of the 40 emails I probably get on a daily basis. Yeah. It's tough to keep my sanity these days. Okay. Um, so um, we have to pick a new date, a next date for our next meeting. Today is the 10th, so one, two, three. And just, just going back to that quickly, Marianne, sometimes if they, if they phone call, it's, it's hilarious how many times people speed through their, their uh, phone number and their name when they're, when they're oh, leaving yeah. a message. <laughs> so some, some of those kind of get lost in the shuffle a little bit. Yeah. Um, so the next week would be the week of the 7th of February. Is there any day that works better or not for people? I don't have anything on Monday or Tuesday, so that's fine with me. Okay. Peter? Fine with me also. Either day. Um, can we do Tuesday the 8th? Good. Okay. The only thing that might happen is that, Jeff, you and I have SWAC tomorrow. And so a month from then would be the normal Tuesday for us to have Solid waste advisory also. <laughs> um, well, they could always move that one back if they needed to. Yeah, okay. Okay. Awesome. Okay. That was nice and quick. Yeah. All right, do I have a motion to adjourn? I will make a motion to adjourn. I'll second. Okay, all in favor, Emily? Aye. Aye. Peter's an I and I'm also an I. Okay, thank you, everyone. Have a good welcome night. Yeah, welcome back, Peter. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Good night. Bye. Thank you, dear. Yeah, bye. -bye. <laughs>